Well, uh, thank you very much, Faye and Celia. It's uh, lovely to be with you this morning. If you don't know me, my name's Richard, and I'm part of the, the team here. Uh, this morning, I got up quite early and went into our garden without disturbing the dog, which was quite an achievement. Went around the side door, if you know the, the vicarage. Um, and in the garden, we have a playhouse, which I bought for my birthday about 10 years ago when we moved into the vicarage. And the idea was that our three young children would place themselves in the playhouse and then I'd gain the house back for myself as a sanctuary and quiet place. Anyway, suffice to say, the playhouse has rarely been used by the children, um, except when their friends come over who will love it. Um, but last year, we went to Lee Abbey in the summer and someone had painted the inside of a shed on the hillside at Lee Abbey. Uh, and white paint on the inside of just a very normal sort of wooden shed with a window in it. And I thought, ooh, our playhouse could be redeemed like that. And so I, I painted the inside of the, the shed uh, in the early, uh, well, late summer last year. And for at least six to eight weeks, I found myself migrating into there in the early morning. And then November came, and I experimented with putting a heater in there, but there's no power in it. Um, and uh, gradually I found it was just a little bit too hard to get into the garden to pray early in the morning. When spring came round, um, I got out of the habit. And so I just found myself being drawn back there again over the last week or so. And what it is, there's a, there's a desk down at the bottom where I can read my New Testament, which is still there, a little notepad. So I was even writing some letters in there. And then up on the mezzanine floor, um, I put a mattress so you can just go and sort of kneel on it or lie down on it and literally abide in God's love before the day starts. A beautiful, beautiful start to the day. Um, but it, it got me thinking about how do we relate to God? Um, um, we've done a series here, in fact, just last summer on, on really working from rest. And we've come to this fine passage like again and again. I think this might be the most preached on passage that we've had over the last 10 years. It seems to be one that we, we come back to again and again. What, what is the Christian life supposed to be like? Is it, is it all supposed to be in a prayer shed or in, in a worship meeting? Um, or how do we go about abiding in our day-to-day? -day? And then if we're trying to abide in our day-to-day, -day, how do we use those special times to fuel that relationship? So I came across this image uh, this week that Sam, Sam's going to put on the screen. And it, it was an image from a leadership course I was on. And it was talking about what they call the five gears of life. And, and the idea is that we need to operate in all of these five gears at different times. Uh, the responsive mode is one that's very familiar to parents. Um, and it's the backing up or apologizing when necessary. Uh, gear one is recharge, uh, when you do personal recharge, completely unplugged from other things. Then connect mode in gear two, present with family or friends without work, a good sort of bank holiday way of being. Social mode is present with people, but you can shift up down to connecting or to gear four, task mode quite easily from gear three. And task mode, multitasking, working hard in various ways. Uh, and then fifth gear is this focus mode, task-centered, fully focused, and moving quickly. And you may, by personality, find that you have natural associations with one of these modes. But what I realized as I was doing the course is that Gears two, three, and four are the ones that I inhabit most commonly, but the ones where I'm either fully present just with myself unplugged 
um, recharging or utterly focused on one task is harder to come by in the distracted age of, well, I've got in my pocket, I've got a work and a personal phone for starters. <laughs> Plus, if I'm on my computer, things pop up from social media or emails, and the distracted nature of life is massive. And so I sort of added to this model, and I reckon there's a neutral gear as well, which is basically where you just give up on all of the gears, <laughs> and you plug into social media or TV or something. And I tried to do a percentage. You know, what was my percentage in each of these areas? And I won't share it with you, but you can look at it again on the, on the video and work it out for yourself. But it, did, it convicted me that the intentional spaces are hard to hold on to, but well worth carving out. As I try and finish off my dissertation this month, I need to be in gear five, utterly focused on getting that handed in and done. Um, but in order to do that well, I need to get out of neutral and into gear one um, and have those special times uh, where I'm recharging myself and recharging with God. But the Christian story, and this is really the most simple talk of all, really, is, is that it's not about us all becoming monks or all being highly task-focused. It's really lived out in the here and now. It's when there are people distracting us, when there's work to be done on five different levels, that our sort of holiness is worked out, isn't it? Jesus was gloriously focused, but also gloriously distractible. You notice that, I mean, the most famous story is he's off to go and heal um, a little child who dies and enables the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years to be reinstated into her community. He's distractible even in the most key moments of his life. Uh, and yet he also has this glorious focus, this recharge time. So the only verses from this I wanted to bring to us today is this, verse five. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's just a lovely promise. And let's just pick out the three words in it. Fruit, um, remain or abide, and if. <laughs> what is the fruit that we'll get if we remain in Jesus? Because basically it's his life flowing through us and bringing life to people around us. That's the sort of fruit he's talking about. Bringing life to us, his life to us, and it overflowing to other people. If you remain in me, you'll bear much lifeness for yourself and people around you. That's the sort of fruit he's talking about. So what does it mean to remain in him? Well, we've talked about that a little bit already. Some, some of it's about an intentional sort of prayer life. Uh, and there is a hard work involved in abiding in Jesus or remaining in Jesus. I was reading a guy called Oswald Chambers, and he said, uh, in the atonement, that's it, in the cross of Jesus, you have access into the presence of God straight away. But if you want to live that out, it's hard work until you get into the habit of it. And how, how does it work? You sort of have to keep saying, yes, please be present with me today, Lord. You have to keep inviting him into, uh, as, as a monk famously said, into the washing up times or into the frustration, into the anger times. Come into this, Lord, or into the watching of the news you've done. What do you think about this, God? You're starting a sort of an internal conversation in your head saying, God, please be part of my life today. And gradually that becomes second nature to you. But it's a hard work to get it in place. And it's easy to lose it. 
It's easy to fall away from him. It's easy to be distracted. It's easy to think about the, the alternative. I was walking along in, um, around uh, Petersham Meadows this morning after, after that I took the dog out for the walk. And uh, for the first part of the walk, I was just going through this phrase again and again. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I was just walking along and basically the words kept coming into my head like a bit of a mantra. Then I sat on a bench, checked the news, checked the football news, checked all the other things, and I realized something different was happening in me. I was abiding in my phone. <laughs> I got home and picked up a newspaper and I was like, oh, this is different as well. Because what I'm putting in is coming out somewhere in my mind. If I'm putting in anxiety-ridden stuff, out comes anxiety-ridden stuff. And of course, most of our newspapers basically sell by trying to make us anxious about something, don't they? That's, that's how they work. Um, if I'm putting in mindless entertainment, <laughs> it's not a surprise if I'm coming off somewhere, if I'm in neutral mode. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. And so the word if becomes a really important word, doesn't it? There is an intentionality about having life in us that overflows to other people, of abiding. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. And it takes a bit of work. But if we keep doing it, we bear much fruit. Um, there's not a lot more I wanted to say today, but there was, there was one helpful analogy I came across from Nicky Gumble today in his sort of leaving talk as he moves on. And he, he was talking, he, someone asked him about you know, people falling away in, in life from the Christian walk. And he, he said, well, there's, there's a great analogy of two rock climbers, both of whom thought that the other one was hooked onto the rock face. And so they both stepped out um, and one fell and pulled the other one down with him. And, and he said, well, what you need to remember is that your Christian life can't be about being attached to someone else and having their faith. You have to be attached to the rock face yourself. Make sure you're secure. Both, both the people in his story were fine, but they learned the lesson of we must make sure we're secure to the rock. And that's a bit what Jesus is saying. If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. It can't just be secondhand. It has to be us together. Um, but I, um, I found it incredibly hopeful. Do you? It's, it's a very simple promise, isn't it? All you have to do is choose to say more of your life for me today. And the promise is that his life will come and will overflow to people around us. Isn't that beautiful? In all sorts of ways. Not necessarily in the ways that we always want, but ways that will transform society. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit bear much fruit and he'll say well done all we have to do is say yes please more of your life so lord it's a, it's a simple message you leave us with to say yes to you and we pray that right in this moment that you'll give us the grace to remain in you to abide in you and we choose to trust the promise that we will bear much fruit as we do so.
Heavenly Father, please be with us in our intentional times, in our task times, and in our more distracted times. And I pray that over this coming week and over this summertime period that we're moving into, that we as a church congregation will increasingly remain in you, abide in you, and as a result, bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.